Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 404. That sounds like some sort of an error, but it's not. We're actually recording... Talking a little bit this week, got some cancellation, pickup, and renewal news, and then also we'll be talking about, well, varying numbers of episodes of Maniac, depending on how far each of us got through the year, and then also recent episodes of The Gifted, Manifest, A Million Little Things, and The Walking Dead, plus some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 404. I'm Jason the TV Holic from TVholic.com, and this week I have joining me. Uh, this is Kyle from NoReruns.net. And Troy from the BlacklistExposed.com. All right. Thank you, Kyle and Troy, for joining me to talk a little TV this week. Make sure they talk TV. <laughs> Don't let them not talk about TV. Uh, Spoiler alert. <laughs> we'll get there. And with that, we'll move on to uh, the uh, talk a little news first. Uh, a few things. Uh, ABC has picked up uh, The Kids Are All Right and The Rookie for full seasons, which means another nine episodes past their original 13. Uh, and then Splitting Up Together has also gotten a full second season order. Well, I'm happy about the first two. I I quit splitting up together a long time ago. I had plans of maybe catching up, but then the DVR got wiped out. So yes, that <laughs> that's the, the, made that decision easy. Yeah, the broken uh, <laughs> the DVR that crapped out is the best thing that's ever happened to Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I feel so caught up on everything. Now. He lost so many shows <laughs> that he shouldn't have been trying to catch up on. <laughs> uh, next up, the CW has picked up Charmed for a back nine. Uh, so a, a full season of that. And then All-American and Legacies have gotten orders for three more episodes. So I guess they're getting a back three, uh, which uh, 16 episode seasons may be the right amount for these types of uh, it probably be the right amount for Charmed. <laughs> I haven't even checked out that or Legacies yet. And All-American, I only watched the first episode. So <laughs> these are ones I probably won't be watching yeah charmed is not charming at all and it's really really a shame because they have um uh frank from men in the high castle is on charmed and i'm just like man frank was such a better actor on men in the high castle than he is in this show (laughs) what did you do to him i mean come on this isn't fair Uh, it is interesting when you watch uh different shows and you see somebody and you're just like is it the writing the directing, like, what is it about this that is so different than how great that person was in the last thing I saw them in? Imagine the first time you see Ellen Pompeo do something other than Meredith Grey. <laughs> I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's, she, she might as well pick like a really bad first role because no one's going to like it because she's not Meredith. And then, then she can move on to something else, but she'll be forever typecast as. Yeah, there's also that uh, you go you go along too far with something and you become typecast in one thing. Uh, but then the other side of it is if you never go long enough in something, you might not ever get another job. So like, she's also gone long enough yeah. that she doesn't ever need another job. Well, that, well, that, <laughs> that kind of stuff is true too. There, but I mean, there's sometimes where you know you get a role, something lasts a season or two, and then. 
it's like you never see that person again, or you see them show up as the guest actor of the week and stuff, and they never, you know, they never find a steady, you know, a series again. So, uh, I don't know. I think probably having something go, what is it, 16 seasons now? 15? 16? Uh, 16. In 15. In 15. 15 yeah. seasons? I mean, and you've been on all of them? That seems, uh, I mean, there's plenty of people that have uh, been on the show and not done anything since they've either been ejected or left the show. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, the sad part is that Kim Raver actually got out and she came back. <laughs> Freeform has canceled Alone Together. Uh, so Emery will be upset. Uh, so uh, splitting up together gets more. Alone together gets no more. Um, it's a. Uh, uh, but then also, uh, div- but then HBO has revert. Re- I mean, renewed divorce for a third season. So you know, more divorce <laughs> in your in your future. There, stats must be up. Sixty percent of all marriages now end. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're alone and you never got together to split up, then you're in trouble. But if you are splitting up or you are split up, then you're you're all set for more seasons. Yeah, if you're either divorced but still hanging out with each other or <laughs> living in the same place or just divorced in general, um, more episodes on the way. Next up, NBC canceled Reverie after one season. Was this my surprise face? Yeah. That you can't see because we're on a podcast? <laughs> yes, that was... Uh, I, I watched the first episode and I had no interest in I, going back to it. I mean, I I really like her and I didn't even watch the first episode to see. You know, like, it just didn't... It looked like one of those shows that was going to play that summer and never be heard of again. Either that or it would be so popular abroad that it would last like 12 seasons. <laughs> Like divorce. <laughs> uh, then uh, Netflix uh, slash uh, ITV has renewed Marcella for a third season. Uh, so more of that on the way. Uh, and then uh, TNT has canceled Good Behavior after two seasons. So I did want to check out. I watched the first season, I but I never got to check out the second season. I think that was one of the things on the uh, on the TiVo that had piled up. So. so it was your bad behavior of not watching it that got good behavior canceled, Kyle. <laughs> there were some rumors that maybe they would get some really short final season, um, but I guess that fell through. Uh, so now I don't think I'll bother to go and hunt it and down. And to... Hunt it down because there, yeah, there's no. And then lastly, USA Network has renewed The Purge uh, for a second season. The limited series, The Purge. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Although this one, I could see it being more like an anthology, like where now the next one, it's a whole different Purge with different characters. Yeah, they could just pick any year of The Purge and, and and tell a story. They don't, you know, you know, they don't have to continue on. Uh, with, uh, you know, like even in, say, like the next year and where these people are, they can just uh, tell a whole new. Well, they already did at the end of this one. They jumped ahead a year to show where the people were. But I don't th- my guess is the next season wouldn't continue with these people. It would yeah. be like a whole new. Yeah, I'd pick a whole new time 
time period or something to a uh, location or anything yeah uh, to uh to go about but uh but yeah so there's more more purge on the way which is a good thing because if you take the Simpsons and Grey's Anatomy as the new standard of how long television shows need to run, <laughs> seven seasons is a limited series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, also yeah, if you also think of it as uh, only and only ten episodes in in those seasons, it's it's super limited compared to you can go for like seventy seasons <laughs> before you hit the yeah. Simpsons <laughs> instead of you know twenty two episodes. That uh... so there's that. That's the news. Uh, a few different things there, and then we'll move on to the uh, prime time segment. Got a few shows to talk about. First up, Maniac, uh, season one, episode two, Windmills is the uh, episode that I listed because that's as far as I made it through. <laughs> I believe that's as far as Kyle made it through. Yes, uh, I was ready to quit after the first episode, <laughs> but I stuck with the second one just because Troy said it, it gets better. Yeah, the but uh, it, it didn't. I believe the goal was to try and get through the first half of this of the season and hit five episodes, but uh, which uh, Troy, you did make it that far, didn't you? I did. It was actually part of my pharmaceutical trial to see how far you guys could go <laughs> before you went, man, Troy's on weed or something. I was just terrible. trying to figure out why does Troy like this show? Why <laughs> Why does he want to watch this? Well, Unless it's like a it's like a pyramid scheme. You have to sign other people up to watch it. And, and that's kind of exactly to... what the show is about, right? It's about this <laughs> pharmaceutical trial, this drug uh, that people are taking. And, and what I did find getting through four and a half because I do think I fell asleep during the fifth episode <laughs> myself, which is, I think, where Jason fell asleep, too. Uh, or woke up, I think, depending on how far his Netflix played. Yeah, we, yeah, we, all I know is that I watched the first two and I fell asleep somewhere into the third one. And I woke up and saw the end of an episode. And then it asked me if Netflix asked me if I was still there. And so I'm not sure how many episodes I actually slept through. That's where, uh, I mean, I could be around the same place as Troy. I mean, as the episodes play, I didn't see them, but, uh, so yeah, Troy, what did you think of the episodes that you were awake for? (laughs) It's an interesting concept of a show. So the one thing that's really great about it is that you have, uh, you know, Emma Stone and Jonah Hill and you have like two quality actors, uh, putting forth their best effort for the material that they're given. The the thing that I found, I, I guess, pleasantly enjoyable about the show is that they are interweaving some psychological things in and amongst the episodes. So in this case, um, you know, her, Emma Stone's character specifically has got this this issue about she had a really bad falling out with her sister and it, she said these horrible things to her sister right before she basically killed her sister by crashing the car. And so as they go through these pharmaceutical trials of taking these three drugs, the A drug and the B drug and the C drug, they're living out, I guess, fantasies would be the best way I could explain it. And as they're living out this fantasy, the dialogue that they're having throughout the course of the episode ties back into this major traumatic event in their real lives. And so you're getting pieces of the story tied back into this overarching arc. So from that perspective, the story development concept is really good. The problem is, is that it's so disjointed. <laughs> you have no idea what the hell is going on <laughs> because you're trying to follow 
Emma Stone and Jonah Hill's character and what they're trying to go through. But then there's this like super secret corporation that's doing this drug trial and they talk to this giant computer named Greta, which has a voice. And I think at one point the, 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 the founder of the trial ends up dying and Greta hears about it and the computer sheds a tear and as it sheds a tear, it like drops goo on the wires that connect Jonah Hill and Emma Stone's characters together. And that's what causes them to have this shared experience while they're on this drug. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but well, it, it seems interesting enough that it's like you could keep going with it. And in episode four specifically, there's like this crazy scenario where she's a nurse and this dying woman has to give her a, gives her a lemur to give to her daughter. And then some ma- mafioso type guys like steal the lemur. And so they have to break into this fur shop and then they have you know, this bulletproof fur. And she, the guy's like taking bullets left and right to save his kids. It's just bat crab crazy. <laughs> and so you're just watching it going like, what's going to happen next? I, I, I just got to see what happens next because this is just out of this world. See, back in the actual real world, at least I think it's the real world. Yeah, that's that the was problem the up- I had. Is, is some, at at that some was point, the- you're not quite sure even which is the the real part. But it's like, it looks like the 80s, but it's got technology from the 80s, but then also futuristic technology. So I have no clue when this is supposed to be taking place because every computer looks like it's some super old, like 70s or 80s style, like CRT, uh, just simple like monitor screen. But then they're like hacking away at different things like they have the Internet. And um, like there's also this advanced system of ads everywhere. And like if you don't have money, you can hire like an ad buddy who basically just is like a talking Internet ad who just spews ads at you the whole time during your ride on the train because they're the ones paying for it, which I would think would be annoying to all the other passengers as well. If you had to sit here listening to this guy ramble on ads. I totally and then, forgot about the ad buddy. <laughs> so and annoying. Then her, then her dad is like in this like pod uh, isolation pod out in the backyard that looks like something out of like an 80s sci-fi movie um so it's like just and the, then there's like a sanitation bot on the streets it just cleans up after dogs and so it's got like futuristic stuff but then also this old stuff and it's just really bizarre and the whole time you're just sitting there going, is this all just a thing? And when we get to the end of the 10 episodes, is it going to be like, ha, we fooled you the whole time? Yeah. Because they were <laughs> yeah. underneath some other experiment under another. It's like an inception thing where you're going to completely yeah. fall apart probably at the end of the 10 episodes. Yeah, it was a hallucination within a dream within a, you know, like uh, oh, something else. It don't even get... It don't even start get me started on the guy who was having virtual sex with what looked like the great fairy from Zelda in a cartoon world. I was like, what is this in here for? <laughs> this is the strangest thing I've ever seen because it fit no other part of the show whatsoever. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you're selling people <laughs> or, <laughs> or if you're scaring people. Probably some of both. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Wait, there's cartoon sex? Let me continue. <laughs> cartoon VR sex uh, with a fairy lizard thing. I have no idea what was going on. Yeah, that was, I mean, for me, just the the whole, like, uh, beginning of it 
is you're a little thrown off because you don't know like what what sort of time frame this is this is taking and you're you're like I think this is the future where you know some stuff seems like future tech and then he's in his apartment watching TV and it's like turn the knob to change the channel type you know old 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 TV and uh and so yeah it it kind of throws you off just as with that type of stuff, but it, it, it seems sort of interesting as like, this is an interesting, you know, sort of world to learn about, you know, at first. Uh, but then I guess once they sort of start to get into, uh, the trial and stuff like that, it just, I don't know. I, it lost me as to what's, what's going on. It, 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 this is almost just a, it's almost an anthology series in that they get to tell a different type of story like within each episode, but then it somehow connects back to something in their past. And then there is a, you know, a forward momentum of some sort of story happening about them in general. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I fell asleep during the third episode because I was tired, not totally, you know, like if I was, well rested when I was watching it, I probably would still be, I probably wouldn't have fallen asleep uh, during that episode. So I can't really say that that's what did it, but it also wasn't exactly keeping my attention exactly as to, I don't know, I guess maybe it was keeping my attention, but then it was only because I was trying to follow something and I didn't know what was happening at any given time. It sounds like that doesn't really get better. <laughs> and yes, yeah, and apparently, uh, as uh, Troy said, episode four is a lot of fun, but then he fell asleep during episode five. So yeah, I'm not sure if you have to be some sort of maniac to actually complete the series, but I guess Troy will find out for us. I'll take I'll take the bullet. I'll take the I'll take the A, B, and C pill and tell you what's on the other side. All right, I think that's enough Maniac, and we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is Manifest. Which was rated lower, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) at IMDb than all the Maniac episodes combined. Uh, Episode 6, Off Radar. Well, at least I can sort of follow what's happening on Manifest. You can follow what's happening because nothing is happening on Manifest. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we got a hint at what... uh, Troy thinks about it, but we'll start with you, Kyle. I'm kind of with Troy on this one. I, I, this was one of the ones I was really looking forward to at the beginning, but I had, I had, I had to catch up on like three episodes for this podcast and it wasn't really something where like, Oh, let me jump right into the next one. Like I just, it is very slow and really not much is happening um, like this one, it was like one little idea with this Bulgarian guy who was somehow connected to the sun there and he hears the voice, but then like not much really happened after that. It was just, uh, it was just the same thing over and over again. Like, oh no, his temperature's up. Let's do something to bring it down. Oh no, his temperature's back up. Well, I think, and, uh... 
I think some of that was interesting in that all of a sudden they kind of threw in this. Uh, some of the passengers have been taken away and for some sort of government experiments. Uh, and it was also interesting to sort of find out that, you know, the one, is it NSA guy, I guess, uh, is not getting a lot of cooperation from other places and he didn't really know uh, this. Uh, the stuff that bothered me about it was like towards the end of the episode when, oh, why am I blanking on his name? But the dad, uh, after, you know, the sister finds the, uh, you know, the building with the red door and stuff like that. And just because they, I guess you see somebody, they sort of look like they're maybe wearing scrubs or something like that. The dad instantly jumps to the conclusion that they're doing medical experiments on these people that, that, that disappeared. Like there was no other, there wasn't, an, didn't seem like there was enough uh, information for him to get to that conclusion from what he knew. And, and so there's, there's things like that that bother me is some things they seem to get to like with not enough information. And then it also suffers from the creating drama out of not providing people information that need information. Like when he tells his wife and she's like, you know, you, you, you came back from a plane that disappeared for five years. Like, you know, even if it sounds crazy, I think we're going to believe it. And then she totally thinks he sounds crazy, uh, which was dumb. But he also doesn't fully explain. He just says it's it's hard to explain. Like, I don't even believe it or whatever. And you're just like, but if you tell her that, like, these voices. I thought that he did. No, if you tell her that these voices that you're hearing helped you and your sister save these trapped girls that helped, you know, this happen and this happen there's a little something else than you're just hearing some voices since you came back and something's differing about you that you get some, you can seven up in one conversation though. It's very simple. It's, Hey, I know our son has 103 degree fever. I'm really sorry, but I got to go. And the reason why I got to go is even though I know that you have a side husband on the side, by the way, that you could go <laughs> run and go back to at any point in time. I still got to go because I just, I got this feeling, honey, I got this feeling. I got to go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But like, well, McKay but he totally, did explain. Well, she finally said some uh, of what, and keeping, keeping, you know, the, you know, the the former fiance or almost fiance or whatever out of the loop in the beginning kind of makes sense because it's kind of true. Like if you tell them, and even if they do believe you, it's just a whole nother person that's having to try and and keep keep a secret and, you know, maybe lie for you and which she ends up having to do anyways. So she finally does come clean a little bit, but she doesn't even fully explain. She gives the, I don't really, you know, know what's going on. So how can I tell you? And you're just like, no, you've had like <laughs> these things have happened. And even at the end, like when the wife is, you know, you left me, you can't leave me again. And you're like, no, if he would have fully explained, you would have been like, dude, you got to get out of here because <laughs> you need to find out what's happening uh, because there is something strange happening with our son. That's the that's the type of problem I'm having with the show is the things that are doing that just because all that's there for is so that it leaves her still feeling like 
the same thing's happening over again as when he got sick before. And for her to maybe think about ha- giving him the antibiotics while the dad's gone and, you know, create it creates drama out of something that shouldn't be because, you know, two more sentences of an explanation and... But he had to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he had already had like a partial conversation. He just didn't tell everything. Like he could have just said and, you know, and then later had to go, you know, like uh, it was, yeah, that whole thing, just the whole, just trust me, give me an hour. Those, those type of storytelling things bother me because they're not, uh, you know, they're not real. They're, they're. They feel I manufactured. Say, I wanted to say you can't have an hour, but you can have 42 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Although from that see. point, you could have about 15 or so, you know, yeah. 20. Well, the next episode the next episode is named Snafu, <laughs> but it's spelled S period, N period, A period, F period, U period. So I really hope they give me some clues as to what Snafu stands for during the course of the episode. <laughs> Because right now, that's what I feel like the show is. Just one giant snafu. <laughs> because it's the next Lost. <laughs> yeah, I think there's still an you interesting... You sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just slightly. <laughs> I think there's still an interesting story behind it and things. They're just not doing a very compelling <laughs> telling of that story. <laughs> I, I equate this episode... I think the best thing that I could related to was the Jericho reveal, I think is the best thing I can think of. Cause when we get this, Hey, the, the government actually doesn't know what's going on. And it's this medical company that's uh, actually collecting all of these passengers and they have all this other controlling interests and other government stuff. Like I feel like the company, the corporation that we got introduced to in this episode is hopefully what will drive the show forward. Because prior to this episode, I was like, I've already seen Touched by an Angel. God friended me is on CBS. I can go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seemed like there was something just off about it. So now that we at least have a reveal of the mystery, I think maybe that'll catapult it. Unfortunately, the fact that it took six episodes to get there, I think is going to be the problem with Jericho season two, where it's like, okay, now that I know the reveal about you know what, what happened, season two wasn't actually that good. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is... You know, potential there, like, uh, as at least something else to investigate as, you know, was the government behind it or, you know, who was behind it is, you know, this company ha- is is doing, you know, medical trials and stuff like that. Did something that they do, you know, <laughs> create it or did they know something about what created it? And now that's why they're uh, doing experiments or they just took advantage of the situation to, to try and do some experiments because like and also like what are they trying to find out like are they just trying to find out if they can take more pain or take a, uh, are they doing some sort of a weird maniac drug trial here but overall the, that- the the family element and things have you know that sort of side of the drama has kind of drug on a little bit too much where at first you get it, but after a while you're like, okay, everybody needs to uh, sit down and say something. Also, like uh, about the uh, the other secret husband or like you know father figure uh, stuff, wouldn't uh, like there the 
the brother and sister, their mom died, but the dad's still around, and Cal has gone and stayed with the dad. If that other guy had been around his grandkids for like three years, wouldn't the dad have maybe told his son? <laughs> like maybe that wouldn't have been a big secret. Like, uh, and it's not like she's really did anything wrong. Well, it's not like I she mean, did anything wrong, but she was keeping it like she just uh, dropped him, you know, like instantaneously. But I don't know. There's just uh, there's too many threads and things that that I feel like just a couple of conversations here or there could clear some things up. And uh, annex half the cast, yeah, the you know, and, <laughs> and pull and try and put the drama where it needs to be on things that you don't know about because or people don't know about because you know it they legit wouldn't know about them or you know shouldn't know about them. And it's it's an interesting twist between the two shows because there was a time where we were like TV is so cookie cutter and predictable and everybody likes the soft safe kind of family drama thing. So people were looking for the next lost or flash forward or the event or fringe or what have you. And now we get something like maniac and people are like, it's too complicated. It makes me think too much. Just give me the, the boring TV again. (laughs) I think you need something in the happy medium. (laughs) Like, cause maniacs just way, way out there. It makes zero sense. I don't think even if you yeah. thought about it, yeah. you could figure it out. I'm, I'm convinced they don't even know when they made it what it was about. I, I'm, I'm secretly waiting for the end of Maniac to be like, see, the Wachowski brothers weren't actually gone. <laughs> That'll do it for Manifest. It's still on the list for me, but it's getting closer and closer to uh, uh, getting its flight canceled. I think what they need to do is schedule another flight, put half the characters on it, and have it disappear for five years, and then they can move along the rest of the plot. Uh, and then if- at this point, I am I am just waiting for the horrible special effect little chompy brown monsters from the Langoliers to show up. <laughs> All right, and we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is uh, The Gifted, uh, season two, episode six, imprint. And uh, but uh, Troy didn't quite get that far. I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all I know about the, the thing with the gifted is I still think this is probably one of the better superhero television shows on TV because I think it, it makes it feel more real and grounded than some of the other stuff that we see either on Netflix or on the CW. So I, I'm really enjoying the second season. I thought the inner circle was going to be a little bit more of a. Uh, kind of a throwaway thing after the the big letdown at the end of season one, not letdown, but explosion and everybody scattered to the wind at the end of season one. So uh, where, where we are with this inner circle group, I think it introduces some interesting context into the entire X-Men universe origin story. And so I, I like how they're peeling back each episode this season, like six months ago or two years ago and giving us some backstory on the characters to figure out how they got to where they are in the current underground movement. And this episode was no different because it goes into the, um, the triplets uh, background a little bit in this one. Yeah. See, I think I'm in the opposite position of you. I, I have had zero interest in this season like i like the first season this season i've been struggling like i caught up on five episodes for this for this podcast and i just did not find it i like i actually understood what was going on i'm like maniac but i just most of these characters i just don't care that all that much about like the brother like i don't understand why these people are even part of that inner circle group like why they don't just go back to their their friends and be part of the 
the the main group rather than this little side group on their own little mission um it just seems weird to me it's especially the one um like the uh the one with the baby doesn't isn't her husband or the father of the baby still in that other group or was he killed last season i can't remember he's still in the other group Uh, so like it just seems weird baby he had to say baby from uh the jaundice issue a couple episodes back or just yesterday for you, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, but it's like, why wouldn't why wouldn't they go back to the rest of their group? Why are they part of this inner circle group? Like, is well, it really? I get. Are they the, really doing? Well, yeah. the the reason I think that Polaris uh, is, or at least in the in the beginning, did is she wanted a safe place to raise her baby. And she liked the idea that this group was trying to create, you know, a safe place for mutants, not necessarily totally fully on board or knowing exactly what they uh, would do to do that. And then ultimately now with somebody else having taken over uh, that group, um, and I get that the son would want to sort of break away because everybody was telling him not to do things and he wanted to find out more about his powers and abilities. Uh, that that Polaris is necessarily still there after some of the things that she's seen or whatever is a little bit questionable. Uh, but uh, they tried to in this episode, give the reasoning why the triplets are there and why they're interested in, uh, you know, whatever the plan is going forward. But I think I'm with Polaris there is like, tell me what your plan is. <laughs> Cause this whole, whatever you guys are up to is, uh, is, is kind of a mess, but I do like, as Troy talked about the, the given more backstory to some of these characters, and, you know, seeing where they were in the past and where uh, where they are now and where where different things are now. I don't know. I, I think it's uh, – I'm enjoying the season. Uh, if you want to talk about bad special effects, it's got plenty of them. <laughs> where, you know, when they use their abilities and stuff like that, not so much – it, it's fine, uh, but the number of t- the number of bad green screen things where they're supposed to be on top of a building or driving driving in the car there or something like that that is incredibly terrible is 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 pretty bad. And th- those those things pull me out of it because it ma- it makes like you t- you're, you talked about a more grounded story feel fake uh, when some of that stuff happens. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm on board. I like, you know, where the story's going with, ha- you know, the father had tried to kill the X gene, but now it's uh, coming about. And, you know, he's basically going through his uh, X-Man puberty here at uh, age 40, uh, trying to figure out how to uh, use his abilities and not, uh, you know, burn everything to the ground. Uh, so I think there's some some interesting storylines. On the other side, the mom continually go, wanting to go after the 
the son, I was kind of happy that the daughter was like, yo, I don't think he's he wants to come back. Like, he's fully, you know, changed and been sort of swept up into uh, what's going on over there. And uh, you need to kind of, like, uh, relax on this. Everything must be done to get, uh, like, if, if I can just talk to him, you know, type of thing or whatever. Uh, I think in the previous episode, she even said, like, he wasn't kidnapped. He went on his own. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that Natalie brings to the table in her character with Lauren Strucker is that because we have Magneto's, it, it, Polaris is really Magneto's daughter, really, if, you, if you're a fan of the comics, maybe half daughter. I forget how it all actually plays out. But the fact that she's now tied up with Dawn, the baby, over with um, the inner circle, it really gives a chance for uh, Natalie to kind of step forward into kind of this leading role in a way because John's just running around talking with Blink and talking about, you know, their relationship with each other. And then she's off with this secret underground sewer rats that are hanging out with them. And and John's having his own problems with the lady lawyer um, uh, person. So I think if nothing else, the, the Strucker family is the one that's really the heart of the show. It just depends on at what point is Andy going to be his own man versus is Andy actually going to be able to come be part of the family. And I think that's an interesting dynamic to have on television is this family dynamic that's torn apart where mutant powers are involved. Yeah. I, I think some of the, you know, definitely some of the stories that they're telling are interesting. I think the whole purifier thing is sort of interesting it's a little too on the nose topical for today's yeah. political environment <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's a yeah it's well it's not just it's not just that it's on the nose topical type of thing it's that they've got the handful of characters that are over the top and even you know he even questions one of them like who brings a 50 cal to a meeting like what what is your deal <laughs> you know and and so I think there's some, some of that group has been portrayed as, you know, even the, you know, the fringe of that group has been portrayed as like too cartoony almost like it just, uh, with the, you know, they just want to shoot and blow stuff up. And, it, and if they can kill some mutants in the, in the meantime, that's, uh, all the better or whatever. And, uh, I, I sort of like the story of, you know, the former agent having been, you know, ejected out, but still, you know, has this thing from both what they did to him, making him lose some of his memory and then have it to relive things like the death of, death of his daughter over again. Uh, and then having lost his daughter, uh, you know, to something that happened because of mutants and then him going to the extreme of joining this type of group, but then trying to rein it in is interesting uh, except for the overly cartoony characters that, uh, and and why couldn't that been the one that the guy that turned stuff into diamond or whatever <laughs> could have uh, could have got his hands on uh, before he got shot? Yeah, I think they're doing some interesting things uh, within this, and it looks like they're leading up to in the next couple of episodes as we head into a, probably a you know, a Christmas break uh, type of thing to uh, an underground versus inner circle type of uh, battle. Which it just seems weird to me that those two groups would be going at it when they should be joining forces. 
Well, well I think it's, I think it's the perfect correlation. I mean, you think back to the original X Men movie. You have Xavier uh, doing his thing with the school, and you have Magneto doing his thing. They're both mutants. They're just tackling the problem from two different points yeah, of view, two different yeah, perspectives on how to yeah you know, how to tackle but the d- problem. But it doesn't seem like like the inner circle hasn't gotten that far militant yet. It doesn't seem. Except that like, they're perfectly fine with killing anybody to move their their plan ahead, you know? Like, uh, she... Like, wipe out an entire board of directors? Yeah, she and... kills most of the inner circle, uh, you know, the top uh, of it, and takes it over. You know, they didn't really care about who or anybody that gets hurt when they were trying to break the mutants out of the uh, psychiatric facility. Uh, you know, they... You know, they've sent them to do lots of different things where they just don't have, you know, really even for other mutants, but definitely nothing for, uh, for other humans. They sort of put them all in the same, they're all against us, you know, type of thing. And they're going, they're going to more extremes. And so, yeah, I, I am interested to see like what they kind of tell a little bit about, uh, what they want to do, but it's sort of like the next step on the plan. Like they want to break into this bank and because this, you know, because they've been behind a bunch of things uh, that have been harmful to mutants, but not really like, what is that a step? What do they really want there? What is that? A do step? they want money or they just want to wipe it out? Or is there something like, else being held there or some other information that they want, or they just want to hurt that, uh, you know, that bank or that corporation? Uh, is is that just a what is that a stepstone on to the bigger plan uh, type of thing? So I I hope we find a little more of that out uh, here going forward. Uh, but yeah, it looks like we're gonna get some uh, more mutant uh, on mutant battles uh, coming up. But I think that'll. Uh, That'll do it for The Gifted, and we'll move on to A Million Little Things. Uh, Season 1, Episode 7, I Dare You. And uh, I think this might be the first show on the list that uh, we all like. (laughs) 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 I think so. What are you thinking about uh, A Million Little Things, Troy? This one, the minute you said James Roday was going to be in this show, I was like, I'm in. Like, because I was really curious to say, is he going to play Sean Spencer? Is he going to play somebody else? And really, I think what he's playing in this show is the grown up version of Sean Spencer. Like he's a little bit wiser, uh, understands what his role is in, in place in this group of friends. And it really just makes James Roday's performance just shine that much more. And when you build it around the rest of the cast, I think they're doing they've done a really good job of doing the what we'd like to call uh, the second year knockoff of something else that's already on TV. So this is clearly billed as a, this is us. It looks like this is us. It smells like this is us, but, but it has they... characters you actually like and actually root for. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's real life situations that you could see happen any day. And it's not the drama for drama sake that Jason hates all the time or people not explaining things just to get, you know, the, the tear element going because you have to have a tear jerker moment in this is us or it's a failed episode. Yeah, some of so, the, the, some of the, the stuff in this one makes sense as to why Rome wouldn't want to tell his wife or, you know, like the, the secrets that people are carrying in this show 
makes sense as to why they would, at least for a while, try and carry those secrets. Uh, they don't just feel totally... They are there to create the drama, but it feels it feels like real situations that would people would really do this in these in these situations that they're not just uh, doing it for drama's sake. It just happens to create the drama that we're enjoying in the, you know, in the episodes. And they're not dragging it out. Like these secrets, like so many secrets have come out in the open so quickly compared to other shows where this stuff would have been saved until like almost like the end of the season, at least before some of these, these things came out. Yeah. Like they tell you about the, they, in one episode, they tell you about a new secret. She's pregnant, and by the end of the episode, everybody knows. <laughs> you know, pretty much. Do they? Does everybody know yet? It well, seemed like the kids uh, don't know. Her kids, yeah, the kids don't know. But do all the adults know that she's I think, pregnant? I think all the adults know. Yeah, they all know. Okay. They were all. Most of them were at the game night when uh, it sort of uh, completely came out. I mean, it seems like at this point they might as well tell the daughter, but like. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't figured it out yet. Was it the daughter? Yeah, the daughter. Do- the daughter. Or is it yeah. the son? No, no, it's, yeah. Now the son's too busy playing video games with his gay friend, so. I thought that was going to take another twist, that, the, that his friend wasn't actually going to be gay, and then it was going to turn into, like, a sad story all of a sudden. Well, but it, then... it still could. You don't that would really be too know. Much, that'd be too much This Is Us. Yeah. <laughs> well, you still don't really know. You just know that uh, they're friends and they were having a good time playing video games. You don't know that... Uh, yeah, he feels the same way. You don't know as... that he yeah. likes him as more than just, you know, a buddy to go play video games with. Uh, has any you know romantic feelings for but uh but no the i don't know the different storylines are just while they're definitely there to you know <laughs> try and create that tearful moment or that uh that big thing they they don't feel contrived they feel like stuff that would happen i'm still i still say that a season from now it's going to be more difficult to create the drama out of secrets between this group of friends because you, after a while you're just like, okay, we've obviously seen that uh, everybody's pretty uh, pretty good with all the secrets once they come out. Why, why would you keep holding these things back? But right now it works. Yeah. Well, like, uh, like you said, the a big thing came out. Like you knew eventually this truth or dare – or this like dare back and forth daring was going to lead to him saying that he dared her to get the chemo because we're all thinking that <laughs> like, go ahead and dare her. Cause that's the only way you're going to get her to do it. But now she's like sort of retreated back into herself, which it, that's one thing it's like, it's, it's frustrating, but I don't hate her. Like, whereas other in other shows, I would probably hate the character, but I just get frustrated with her. I'm like, why won't you just go and do this? You have this happy relationship. You want to keep it going and not just die off in a year because you don't want to try to to get like tr- treatment for this. But you you want like I think eventually she will because you can't just kill off that character. That would be this is us. Like this is supposed to be a happier show. Well, and, but, uh, and and that relationship is great. I mean, I love Gary and Maggie together, and the back and forth that they have in this particular episode. And I dare you, it just 
it, on any other show, you would think that it symbolizes like the notebook or a fault in our stars or some other romantic novel where it's kind of, this just seems kind of fun and flirty and they're just doing what they need to do to get by. And it, it, when you really have that person that's just by your side, when you're going through something like cancer uh, or any kind of difficult situation, it's just nice to know that there's that person you can lean on and to see Gary open up and, and understand that Gary's like this guy who is the, the rock of the friendship group. Like he's become, uh, uh, Jonathan, right? He became this guy to replace the best friend who died because here you got Rome's got this, this problem of like trying to kill himself. And you got, uh, the other issue, um, with, uh, Catherine's husband, he's out of the band and he's got a drinking problem and he's got a kid on the way that he can't see in parent. And, and then here you have, um, you know, Gary who survived cancer and he's currently in remission, but now he's got his girlfriend who is, is it does have cancer and won't get the treatment. I mean, you feel for Gary and he becomes like the central focus of the show, even though he's not really billed as the, as the top talent on this particular uh, show, which is interesting. Yeah. You feel for him because you, you know, you get a, a, a look at what his background has been. Uh, you know, he's been more of the player, you know, type of, uh, uh, guy and and he instantly like something changes when he meets her and then for him to find out that she doesn't want to you know do anything but he's he's finally found somebody that he you know wants to keep around you know wants to be around and stuff and so you do feel for him because like it's the it's almost like she's the thing he didn't know he was looking for and then as soon as he finds it, he finds out it's not going to be around very long. But yeah, I, I liked, I liked in this episode when they were, uh, uh, singing in the restaurant and uh, a couple of times, uh, Gary does the, uh, sort of, uh, Sean move. <laughs> oh yeah. He's touching his head. Yeah. I noticed that myself too. When, uh, I, I really wanted later on when they hit the um, the more dramatic version of I'm Still Standing, I wanted the dramatic person to sing like the antifreeze lyrics yeah. <laughs> and just see, like just make it really serious sounding, but also throw in those those wrong lyrics. Yeah. His relationship with Danny in this episode, too, was really great. I just love the way that he's like this, um, I don't want to say replacement dad, but he feels like. He's like the cool uncle that he can hang out with and have someone to talk to, even though Jonathan's missing. But I'm still the jury is still out on Ashley. OK, uh, John's assistant. Like there's something going on with like the, the 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 restaurant is having money issues or something. I feel like there were more bad deals that Jonathan was dealing with that nobody knows about. And he was actually more in the toilet financially than everybody's aware of. And maybe it wasn't about you know, Eddie sleeping with his wife and all this other stuff that was going on. Maybe that, you know, Ashley's got more to the story and I, I hope that they uncover that more because I think they're only doing like, like eight episodes of the show. And I don't know if it's been, I assume it's going to get picked up for, for more, but uh, I believe it was did. It? I thought it already was picked up. Yeah, I think it did. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I, I, to sorry, I was, yeah, I I was on that a, a, B and C drug watching man, yeah. uh, maniac. <laughs> yeah, it, got, it got picked up for, uh, a full full season, so it's going to be around for full twenty two for twenty two. Yeah, I think the other thing they need to work in, like Grace Park, still feels separate from the group. And I, I, I mean, I did like how Gary was encouraging her, like you got to be happy, like because 
her husband cheated on her. Like if she wants to go off and and start a new relationship and and actually be happy, then he, like he's encouraging her to do that. But the problem is if she goes off and and they get divorced or whatever, then there's really like she's going to be not really even part of this group. She's barely part of this group as it is. And see, then she's, like, she's the lawyer. So if there's any way you can write her story in to be more, I guess, part of the group would be she's the one that uncovers all of this stuff that Ashley's hiding. I think that gets her back into the kind of limelight of the story arcs, if you will. Otherwise, yeah, she's she's just kind of on the side. And it's I don't really hear. Yeah. Waste of an actress, and I don't need the character in the show. Well, it'll be interesting if some of these just sort of, uh, you know, cases or things they've talked about in the in the background, like even like this episode, have some sort of actual connection to something that... Because I think there's still something... There was... Especially in like the first episode or so, there was uh, these stories on the news in the background about some sort of government mismanagement or financial problems with some sort of uh, something happening in the city or something. Uh, and it just seemed like too, a little too prominent to not just be background to be that maybe there's been some really bad financial dealings going on and John was in the middle of them. And he got to a certain point where he was just like, not going to get out of this uh but i can i can try and do some things before you know to help the group or whatever you know like the restaurant and and you know he knew it looks like he also knew about you know some of the other things and so it was just like uh i'm i'm going to take uh this way out but i'm going to try and uh set some things up or whatever, but you still want to know like what's in that envelope that the assistant has that she hasn't given to the wife yet. I right, did like she, the she, fake she out. thought about she thought about giving it to her, but she never actually did give it to her. That's I right. know I loved that fake out. It's like oh she's giving it to her, and then I hated and then... that fake out. <laughs> I I hated that fake out because they haven't done that with anything else in the show. Everything you weren't expecting it. Yeah, but the, it but that that there falls into creating drama for drama's sake. That's not even real. And then it just, it's just to pull the rug out from underneath the, they have plenty of other things going on to keep, uh, think the story moving. They don't need to result or go to these type of fake out type things that, uh, uh, cause I don't want when, cause so far they've just done flashbacks and then all of a sudden they do this and then so now you have to expect that they're going to just do random things uh to create situations that they you know i that was one of the things i i haven't liked about the show everything else has worked uh that i was not a fan of uh because for me it falls into like i said the just creating something so that we can pull the rug out from underneath the audience when it's not needed. There's plenty of other drama going on. You don't need to do that. That seemed more like a this is us thing. 
<laughs> like, but I think it's also it's also grounded in reality, though, because I think Ashley would be feeling those feelings. Well, I think she and would, running but through I, those scenarios in her head. So you have to I, show it to the audience because mm, we can't see in her head. No, I think you could have. I think you still could have given enough of like she comes out and she starts to and a look on her face. She realizes, no, this is she's been embraced as part of this family, you know, and that she could lose all of that if she does something. Uh, I don't think you needed to to see it fully acted out in a, you know, like a minute plus scene to then just to yank it back and be like, oh, that didn't really happen. So we all agree that we like the show. We just don't agree on this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a one-minute scene, and he's getting all upset about it. It was well, like it, a, it was because... like a dream sequence. If you ever had a dream sequence, yeah. But like... this is the type of show that doesn't need dream sequences. It doesn't need that type of. It doesn't need that type of thing. And if they're, it'll really start to bother me if going forward, if this happens, you know, every three or four episodes, you get some sort of misdirect where you get to where you see something play out and then it's not real it takes away from the real stories that you're telling and and it it plays on that at different times i don't want to be sitting around thinking about what's you know what's real and what's not that's to me that's not if what you this want type to do that you watch maniac <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he just worried that Jonathan's going to be in his office in his executive shower and like wake up at the last episode and go, well, this is what would happen if I did kill myself, yeah. but I really don't want to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice Dallas pullback there. That was, that was well done. All right. Well, I think we all like a, a million little things, and I just have one little thing that I don't like so far, but... Uh, We'll move on to the last show on the list, which is uh, The Walking Dead, uh, Season 9, Episode 6, Who Are You Now? And uh, we'll start with you, Kyle. What are you thinking about uh, where things have uh, progressed on The Walking Dead, uh, the show that you will continue on with until you're The Walking until Dead? Until I'm The Walking Dead, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I think it's getting better it's like i still have some problems with it um like the six-year time jump it seems like everyone has worse hair <laughs> since they jumped <laughs> you got carol with suddenly has long like white hair uh eugene <laughs> now has a ponytail which i don't know if that's any worse <laughs> than the than the mullet that he had before but uh but uh and then i mean i I'm curious to see like the changes. Like we got a glimpse how the uh, saviors, like a bunch of them, left the the group and now are off on their own, like causing their own little havoc and using walkers as horse uh, as horses to uh, to run their carriages and things. So that's a little weird. But and, and then Michonne is now like the the in charge of the security and is mother to um to judith but you can like she acts all tough but then when it comes to judith like judith was the one that wanted to bring these strangers in and then she she sort of caves to judith so she she does have that weakness also like six years later and she's still talking to rick seems a little far-fetched like that she's still like having these conversations um 
I mean, See, I can that, understand. That, that I completely understand. I mean, they've been through this trauma for the last however long it's been since the dead showed up and Rick showed up. So her talking to Rick, I think, is totally fine. The thing that I find completely ridiculous is that Carol runs into the the saviors in their trek to Hilltop. And it's like they just saw each other yesterday. Like, oh, hey, boss lady. Like, this is the first time they've run into each other in six years. Come on, it's, that, that seemed completely impractical. Like they to threw me, the entire timeline out the window. No, see, to me, it seemed like they they knew each other. Like she knew they were out there. My guess is they may have crossed paths before. Like she knew they're out there, but maybe. Well, well, she ran them. She was their boss for the whole building the bridge thing, and and she was yeah. going to go back to the sanctuary and make sure it was up and running. So that's what he's referring to when he's referring to the boss lady. He makes it sound like they haven't seen each other in six years. Like I find that hard to believe. Did they leave right away, or did they? Because it sounded like maybe they left after some time. Like it wasn't just the bridge that all of a sudden they all disappeared. Like Not stuff the- probably. They walked off right before the bridge blew up at the at the uh, in the middle. Oh, so of they're the last saying episode. they haven't seen them since then. That yeah, seems exactly. a little bit far fetched. It, it totally seems far fetched, but that's how this whole scene plays out. Like, oh hey, it's Carol. <laughs> how you doing? By the way, I'm going to let you live for that one time six years ago that we were actually <laughs> working together. <laughs> um. The, well, then that was the another weird thing is like all of a sudden, like I understand she's with the um, the king there, but all of a sudden Henry is now their son, which so did they like adopt him? I don't know. We're, I can't remember if his parents had been killed like before and like then she sort of took him in. So then he sort of became their their adoptive son or how that worked. But uh like he looks pretty much just like he did before because apparently they got like the the older brother, the original actor to to play the older version of Henry. So I, I think that was a expert casting move because that's one problem that you have when you do like a six year time jump. It's easy to age up the adults a little bit, but how do you suddenly age up kids because they're gonna look very different in six years than than what you can throw on some a white wig onto Carol and all of a sudden she looks older. Well, you just give him a state trooper hat and a, a Colt 45 and you're good to go. That is not the same Judith. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I, I'm impressed at, at how old they were able to make her look <laughs> with those six years with that in the, with just a cowboy hat and a gun. But, well, I, think the, I think the biggest shock in this episode was the fact that Michonne has not one, but two children. Well, she was pregnant. At, she just found out she was pregnant at the when the thing blew up. Right. Right. We, so I'm sure that's Rick's. Was it a son? I can't, yeah, Rick's I can't son, remember. I believe. Yeah. Yes. So she obviously had no problems delivering like uh, what's her name did uh, the original Mrs. Rick, uh, but the one, the the another thing I'm not really a fan of is that they just they're keeping what's his name around, uh, Negan, and he's just got like his open window cell now that he can just talk to people as they go by. It just seems weird. Like, at what point do you either just let him out? Now it's been like six years. What's he even doing in there? Or do you just get rid of him? math teacher, philosopher, inmate. 
He's got like his little Lucy station. You can just go up and get some advice from him and uh, and move on. But it was the explanation of where Carol's hair came from, because now he's all clean shaven again <laughs> instead of the Santa beard he had. He, he was the only the one that looked better in the in the present than the rest of them who seem to have let themselves go over this time. You would think after five years they would let him out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, at least put him to work because he can at least be doing something rather than just sitting in there doing absolutely nothing. Including not eating for five years because he wasn't going to eat the sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I I am curious to see this new group and what they bring to the thing. I find it hard to believe that, that Michonne was able to detect the belt knife, but didn't detect the other knife that was like an earring knife, I think it was. Like you uh, the, necklace. She, the, ne- the necklace. Oh, it's a necklace. Knife. Okay. Yeah, you would think that she would have found all of that and not just uh, not just the belt one. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see more of their backstory and how they fit in. It's curious and that you have like these two deaf characters now that somehow managed to survive the the zombie apocalypse, which that would be incredibly tough because normally you hear the groaning and that's what makes you, you run. And when you can't hear that, how do you, I mean, you can probably sense more of the, the movement coming towards you, but still it's a lot harder to survive. So then we get to talk about the, the final shot with Eugene and those guys running through the woods and then they, kind of hide by the bank and then you hear somebody's very box. Well, What's before we get to on? that, before we get to that, what bugged me is Eugene knocks down the ladder. Rosita is literally 10 feet away. He, instead of just saying, hey, can you fix the ladder? He tries to jump, hurts his knee, and now he can't even run. And so if he had just taken two seconds to wait for her to put up the ladder they wouldn't have been in as much trouble as they're in now being chased. Yeah. But that's, you know, you got to manufacture drama for drama's sake. And there's a horde coming. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yes, to me, it bugged me. Well, it bugged me because I didn't, I don't read the comics. I didn't watch talking dead to find out what's coming up. But when all of a sudden you hear these three, like I have the subtitles on and it's, or the captions on, and it's like Walker one, where are they? Walker two, they must be close. Walker three, don't let them get away. And it's like, <laughs> wait, it's only been six years. And now the walkers have evolved to where they can talk to each other. <laughs> this has now officially jumped the shark. Apparently I'm wrong, but that was my reaction when watching this play out. Well, I, I think for you, because it was you didn't read into all the hype and stuff about the whispers and everything that was coming with the whispers. So I think that's why it was like this kind of jump the shark moment for you. <laughs> for me, it was like, geez, I waited six episodes. I thought this was going to be the whole season was on this stuff. Like, what the, why are we waiting so long? Like, I thought the whispers were going to be the ones that were taking the people in back in episode two and they're pulling people from the camp and the sanctuary people were disappearing and that they were tied to the chopper that took Rick away. So I'm like, I'm like, yes, finally, the whispers are here. This is great. I, I love it. 
So I, I assume by your silence, Jason, that you have quit The Walking Dead. Yeah, quite. <laughs> well, Jason, Jason quit The Walking Dead specifically because The Walking Dead is where characters from The Hundred go to die. <laughs> 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 because you had, um, you had, uh, what was it, Clark's girlfriend? Uh, you know, the uh, the commander. She's on Fear of the Walking Dead in the first season, and now we get uh, Luna showing up here. Uh, Luna from the from the hundred is now in the in the Walking Dead on the main property. So, is she the the one with was, the knives? Yeah, is she's that, one of the knives. Yeah. Then there was also the guy from the the pirate show. Was he on the? Yeah, he was on the hundred also. Um, he was the savior guy that uh, got eliminated at the beginning of this season. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I I quit it. Uh, well. I did see the first season of Fear the Walking Dead. And so whatever going into the second season of Fear the Walking Dead and wherever uh The Walking Dead was at the time is about where I just sort of I left it for dead and uh, walked away. <laughs> and it just uh I don't know, it just wasn't mainly I think at the time the on The Walking Dead was the uh, the Negan storyline just felt repetitive of things we had already seen, even if you potentially liked the the character better or something. But uh, it was just, oh, okay, they ran into another group uh, that's terrible and great. And uh, and I just didn't, I just didn't care anymore. Like, it just uh, got too repetitive. And then Fear the Walking Dead felt even more repetitive because the first season felt like things we'd already seen in previous seasons of the walking dead. And I was just like, yeah. And, and the characters were extra stupid on top of that. So yeah, I just, uh, I haven't watched in a while. Like I, I could even tell you, I mean, I could go into the TV showtime app or the TV show app now <laughs> and find out where I left off, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. One that when you said Left for Dead, one thing that I was reminded of, I was worried at first that Carol had lost her edge, and then we see Henry uh, basically guilt her back into like just massacring people again just to get even. Uh, so I, I was happy to see her back, even though she was the boss lady, her friend from six years ago. <laughs> she went in there and just took care of business and. And set them ablaze with uh, her winning personality. Best part of the episode, <laughs> hands down. It was amazing. Takes the match right out of his mouth. <laughs> so great. Love Carol. Love Carol. My queen forever. And I do. I wonder how this is going to play. Like you have Eugene, who obviously likes Rosita, but is about to try to really? kill her at the worst possible moment. Really? <laughs> like I, he... I missed that part. I totally did not see that coming. <laughs> and then, but then she also goes and kisses the priest there, which is just weird. That is <laughs> like... a jump the shark moment for me right there. <laughs> of like, all he, people. That is he a Catholic priest or is he some other priest where they're allowed to get married? Because that's where I got, that was just weird to me. Because he's still wearing his collar and There's... yet... Kyle, Kyle, there have been zombies roaming the planet for eight years, and you're still worried about whether Catholic priest or Lutheran priest or Protestant priest <laughs> no, can get married? 
<laughs> no, but it was just. I think we got some me. bigger problems out there. Right. He did. He did let his whole congregation die, so that was on him. <laughs> that was one thing. So it, it, I guess if that didn't keep him away from his from wearing his collar, then then nothing would. But. Uh... <laughs> Uh, well, on that note, (laughs) (laughs) that'll do it for, uh, the walking dead. Yeah. I haven't really heard anything that makes me go, ah, I wish I was still watching this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can watch the new Rick Grimes walking dead movies that are coming. (laughs) (laughs) He's Uh, not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't even, uh, uh, but with that, that'll do it for the uh, primetime segment, and uh, we'll move on to the uh, TV recommendations. And uh, since I uh, mentioned it, uh, I'll just uh, recommend the TV show app uh, once again, where I can tell you that uh, I quit five episodes into season seven of The Walking Dead. Uh, that's uh, Although I recommend if you haven't updated the app, don't. <laughs> well, if you haven't updated the app on uh, iOS... On iOS <laughs> They haven't done that type of uh, upgrade yet <laughs> onto uh, the Android side. Yeah, Kyle doesn't particularly like the new interface uh, that they've uh, released on the uh, iOS side of things. Nor does most of the reviewers, yeah. if you look <laughs> yeah, at, the, yeah. <laughs> at the Apple App Store. Apparently, this was also negatively reviewed when it was still in beta, and people were begging them not to release the new UI, <laughs> but they went ahead and did it anyway. Which is sad because the For You tab still looks like the old For You tab, which is the one tab where they said they were going to feature podcasts more prominently. And it's still at the bottom after you scroll a little bit. Yeah. But it is now called TV Show, not TV Time. Is that the... Uh, mine's still because TV Time on my phone. They It used to be called TV Showtime, and now it might be just TV Time. I can never... Yeah, I think they dropped the show off of it. Yeah, they dropped the show. Yeah. Yeah, I have to... Yeah, it's just called TV Time now, and uh, but yeah, it's still I don't know it's still useful for keeping track of uh, all the different things and all the different places that I, uh, I watch. And by when J- and when Jason says useful for keeping track, it's basically a way to shame yourself to know that you've spent twenty months, fourteen days, and twenty one hours of your life watching television. I've spent twenty nine months, nine days, and six hours. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's see here. Where where's that at? You can't Under find profile? it on the new interface. No, I, <laughs> you click I on profile. To, yeah, I have to go. Uh, yeah, I'm at 27 months, three days, 12 hours, but I also haven't. So I clicked it. One. Yeah, yeah. You're you're at. You're, yeah, you you're can't at, mark off all the stuff that the TiVo ate up. That's not fair. <laughs> no, I I, I didn't. Yeah, well, they just got marked as stop following, so they don't show up on my list anymore. I don't think Kyle should be able to count it because the app. I watched it one point three. Because speed. the app is giving you forty five or like forty two minutes for forty two minute episodes, but he's watching those in a half an hour. So I don't it's think true. he's actually spent <laughs> as much time. So he hasn't actually spent as much time watching TV as either of us. So so I need to put the the multiplier on the like it needs a little asterisk next to my right. twenty nine. Your, yours is uh, yours is not a. But yeah, so that's a. Uh, that's my recommendation. Uh, how about uh, how about you, Kyle? Uh, so this week, probably before this uh, podcast gets posted, uh, YouTube will premiere a new show called Origin, 
Um, so it's a sci-fi thriller that's set in the future where this group of strangers were heading to a remote colony and it was supposed to take, they were supposed to wake up on this planet that was five light years away. But then all of a sudden they find themselves waking up early in the middle of deep space and the whole crew seems to be missing from this ship and only a fraction of all the hundreds of passengers that were supposed to be on board are there. There's only about a dozen of them. And so they're all strangers. They don't really know anything about one another. And as I start to explore this ship, things start to get pretty freaky. And uh, they discover that there's some deadly thing on this ship and they don't know who they can trust or if people are who they say they are. It becomes pretty much like a the thing in space. Uh, so like it gets uh, it gets full on jump scares by the end of the first episode. And then I started to watch some of the second episode and it's it's definitely more of the same, if not more so like it, it becomes like a full on thriller by the by the second episode but also like in each episode it seems to do like this flashback thing where we learn more about one of these characters and why they ultimately decided to erase their past on earth and start over on this recolonization trip and why they they went for this and so uh, i really enjoyed the first episode and i only stopped the second episode because we had to record but uh i definitely can't wait to see more of this show all right how about you troy do you have a recommendation this week yeah, I'll throw two out there because I have to shamelessly plug the blacklist, which I can now say does return January 4th on NBC uh, with a two hour premiere. So that's going to be great. It's going to move to Fridays uh, for season six. And if you are out there looking for something to kick off the season six uh, time frame, there's going to be a behind the blacklist season six special uh, that you can check your local listings for should be airing in about, I don't know, 70 countries or so. So maybe look for it on YouTube as a digital add on as well uh, over there at NBC's uh, YouTube channel. But uh, Aaron uh, Peterson and I are going to be in that special for season six. So that, that was a lot of fun filming that out at Sony. So definitely check that out if you see it, but um, to watch uh, specifically, I really enjoyed the first which was on Hulu uh, about the, uh, the first manned mission trip to Mars. And it does have Sean Penn in it, which some people, because Sean Penn's in it, have decided to stay away from it. Uh, again, that's Aaron Peterson from my co-host, the blacklist exposed. But I, I really think Sean Penn did a great job in this particular series it, it, for most of the series. I really felt like he was Dustin Hoffman and not Sean Penn for some reason. Uh, but the, the cast does a really good job of really breaking down like the technicality of things that need to happen in order to actually, you know, get a crew to Mars, get a crew to land on Mars, get Mars to launch again, to get them back home and all of that stuff. And the drama that goes around it, you would think by, by a Mars show that they'd be doing more about Mars, but it's really all of the events that lead up from the first attempt to launch a rocket to the next crew that's going to go on the, like the backup mission and the drama that it creates between the um the the main character played by Sean Penn and his daughter it's a it's a it's a father daughter story at, at the end of it and and uh, because I got a daughter maybe it gets me in the feels for some reason but I thoroughly enjoyed all eight episodes and where it where it ends up landing I think is a really great job to say it's not a show about Mars it's a show about the characters and anytime you can focus on a good character story I think you're making good television so check out the first on Hulu all right and uh, with that. 
Uh, as always, you can find uh, links to our more about our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about and also where you can uh, find us online, including uh, Troy's podcast and in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 404. And uh, on the next episode, uh, Kyle will be back with me. Hey, Kyle, can you uh, record again next week? <laughs> hey, I guess I'll be back. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll be joined by uh, Shannon Inton of the uh, stingeruniverse.com where they do a bunch of uh, different uh, TV-related and some movie-related podcasts. Shannon's good people. Got to meet her at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia. She's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, met her there as well, and uh, so be bringing her on to talk a little TV, and uh, then her co-host, uh, Phaedra, will be on uh, the following week. So uh, a little Stinger Universe uh, about to... Uh, show up here in the tv times three world and uh with that uh thank you again kyle and troy for joining me on episode 404 found that found <laughs> hopefully that is not the case <laughs> that you thanks jason good to see you kyle